Hey gang, welcome back to A New Mystery, a Scooby-Doo podcast, where we cover the joys, love, and innocence of our favorite pup and his gang's mysterious adventures. I'm your host, Sin. Now, today we are back with our next movie episode. Now, I haven't done one of those in a minute. Um, I believe the last one that I was go- that I did do was Scooby-Doo in the Ghoul School, but I ultimately ended up deleting that episode um, from all the platforms. It just, I think I mentioned it in a previous episode or a few previous episodes or on something. And if not, um, the reason I deleted it is just because I felt like, you know, I didn't do it justice. I love all Scooby content regardless. I all, I love all Scooby characters um, regardless. And I don't know, I was just in like, I wasn't in the best um like, I guess, state of mind, but just situation of all together, and things were really stressful, it was hard to even watch those episodes and movies, and, um, yeah, so I just, I, re- I just decided, you know what, I'll redo that eventually when, you know, I can give it my actual heart and soul, because that's what Scooby is to me, it is my heart and soul, well, my dogs, my personal dogs are probably my soul, but Scooby-Doo is my heart. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so yeah, we're going to have um, Scooby-Doo in the ghoul school, but because it's been a while and because it's also long overdue, it's going to be a double feature with um, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. So that one I'm really excited for specifically. Like I said, I love all Scooby content, all movies, series, characters. But Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf specifically has a very close place in my heart, um, because I was one—I think it was one of the first movies I ever actually remember um, growing up to. And oh, I'm trying to think because I—I I know I've mentioned it before. Also, don't mind the the squeak squeak in the background. I have baby ducks <laughs> right next to me. I also have eight um, week old puppies out from the distance, so if you hear whining or weird noises, just, you know, lots of animals. Anyways, uh, hmm, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, so, I believe that I've mentioned it before, but I have a speech impediment with my R's, and growing up it was obviously exceptionally worse because, um, I never had a chance to deal with it, learn it, um, but it's my R's and W's specifically, it- my tongue is too big, basically, so it just turned into this, like, funny joke in my family sometimes where, like, I've always acted like a dog. Sometimes I've barked just, you know, out of... Anyways, you guys don't want to know all this about me. But, so yeah, I have a speech impediment, and growing up, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf was my favorite, and I think I was, like, three or four when I finally watched it. And according to my older sister, she said that how I pronounced it was um, Scooby-Doo and the Sexy Werewolf. Yeah. Um, I pretty much completely changed the entire name. But, hey. (laughs) I was like four. Alright. And, yeah. But in case you guys wanted to know. So yeah, we will be 
this episode, I'm sorry, this episode will be Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School and Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Or, if you're like me and you can't pronounce Reluctant or Werewolf, it's still hard to this day. You could always just say Scooby-Doo and the Sexy Werewolf, because I mean, Shaggy is kind of sexy. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Anyways, also if I sound different at all, I decided to take my dogs for a walk while I talked about um, this little intro. So yeah, I hope you guys tune in and we can finally get this much, much, very, very overdue, I don't know why I said much in the beginning, very, very overdue, Scooby-Doo movies out of the way. I don't want to say out of the way because it makes it sound like, you know, I'm not as into it because I totally am. Um, it's just, I feel like these two movies, for some reason, along with um, A Clue for Scooby-Doo from the original series, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? I feel like these three um, films have, for some reason, just been a giant bump in the road, and that's unfortunate. So I want to do them justice and make up for my absence. Um, I'm starting to like pant. Maybe this was a bad idea. Well, <laughs> it's a good thing this is just the intro. Um, I would say, I would have you guys say hi to my pups, but I'm not doing the video, Spotify. Oh my gosh. All right. So I hope you guys stay tuned and listen to these new episodes I have coming. And there's plenty plenty more to come to because, well, Scooby-Doo, guys. There's so much, and, you know, it's only going to keep going. God bless you, Frank Walker, because he's all I have left, guys. He's, he's one of the originals that's left. I mean, of course, some of the voice actors of Velma and Daphne um, are still left as well, but Frank, he's been there every single step of the way. Anyways, that's a wrap for this little intro, and I will see you, gang, in the next episode. Alright, stay tuned. Love you, gang. Peace. Hey, gang. Welcome back to A New Mystery, a Scooby-Doo podcast, where we cover the joys, love, and innocence of our favorite pup and his gang's mysterious adventures. If you've been staying tuned with me, um, then now would be the second part of our double feature episode, and we would be on Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. And if you have been with me this whole time, then you definitely know Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf is definitely one of my all-time favorites. And it definitely was my absolute favorite growing up, probably when I was three or four years old is when I first saw the movie. And <laughs> I mentioned in my intro, um, <laughs> Scooby-Doo and the Sexy Werewolf. I mentioned how I enunciated it, or I mean how I... Um, I'm sorry, how I pronounced it was Scooby-Doo and the Sexy Werewolf, but that's not a different pronunciation. That is, um, 
that's a completely different name <laughs> and I love it um but yeah so here is Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf hey gang welcome back to a new mystery a Scooby-Doo podcast where we cover the joys love and innocence of our favorite pup and his gang's mysterious adventures now, actually, before I even get started, um, you might hear some those squeals and maybe some barks in the background. I um I have just over a month old puppies. Yeah, you heard that. I know you did. And they're just in that stage where they're really ready to be feisty and start playing with each other. Um. But yeah, so today we have um, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, or if you heard in my last one, the Sexy Werewolf. (laughs) Well, you guys didn't notice it probably, but I had to step away for a second and take care of a little puppy because it was was whining. (laughs) Um, (laughs) anyway, so yeah. Um, I am really excited about this one, and I know you guys have been waiting for a while. Um, yeah, I know you've been waiting for a minute, (laughs) um, but, like, you know, I always have my excuses, and this one, this time, is pretty much the same as all the other ones, which is, of course, um, my, the platform that I was using to watch majority of my Scooby-Doo, which was Boomerang, um, I no longer have access to that right now due to, well, you know, I'm, I'm just a broke-ass bitch. (laughs) Excuse my language, I apologize. Um, but, and then, um, I also, like I've mentioned before, I own many, many Scooby-Doo movies and, uh, series and DVDs. I have a lot of, like, hard copy stuff, but... My DVD player. It just doesn't like working. Um, and I just got it, but I think it's kind of like one of those... Because I got it from um, a lesser of a store, like one of the smaller ones. Um, I'm not even going to say which one, just just because. Um, but I personally think that it might have been like one of those um, pieces things, like a part a kit. Like when some people buy like kit cars or um, things that you just put together yourself or they're not the actual thing. Um, yeah, that's what I think this DVD player is because I had just gotten it. Like it was brand new when I bought it and it was having issues instantly with brand new DVDs. It didn't really matter what it was. Um, so that was unfortunate. And I can watch some of The Reluctant Werewolf. It skips here and there for absolutely no reason. Like, I could take a picture of the disc for you guys, and it's completely clean, not a scratch on it. It's, I don't know, something with the DVD player. It's frustrating. So I've been having lots of issues, and it really frustrates me because I have no interest in stopping this podcast. I want to keep it going, but it's, ooh, the technical difficulties are real. They are a definite struggle. Um, but I'm going to keep trying and hopefully eventually we get somewhere. Hopefully you guys actually hear this. Um, 
So, anyways, um, I actually think right now is a good time for an ad, um, an advertisement, I guess. I'm still getting used to introducing the whole advertisement thing into the podcast so that it sounds like it fits and everything. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good time for an advertisement. So stay tuned and we'll be right back with our opening scene of Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Hey gang, welcome back to A New Mystery, a Scooby-Doo podcast where we cover the joys, love, and innocence of our favorite pup and his gang's mysterious adventure. So, today we are here with our first part of our double feature, um, and that is going to be Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Um, I think I'm actually going to just get right into it, and as you guys hopefully remember from any of my past episodes, I, like I said, I plan on just kind of not doing what I started off doing and like basically reciting the whole episode, um, for entertainment purposes, I guess, and like I said multiple times, I think we've all pretty much seen all of this, um, content, to be fair. So, um, to just jump right into it, we have Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy are, all three of them are back again for another movie, just the three of them, I love it, um, And the opening scene of this one starts off in a racetrack, and the announcer spokes guy is like, um, we have a funny car race in progress. I think he uses, like, funny race in progress, and I'm just like, that's a goofy way to put it. And he mentions that we have Shaggy, his faithful companion Scooby-Doo, and Scrappy along with him. And cheering him on is his adoring but liberated girlfriend, Googie. (laughs) Again, like, the description they use, especially for her, it's kind of like, alright, alright. She does look exactly the way they described her. Adoring, liberated, and even her name is like... (laughs) Anyways, um, so yeah... At one point, just like a real quick thing, at one point during the race, they have an an opponent who's right up in that- Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. They have an opponent who's right up next to him, and Shaggy's like, we need to split. So they literally split the car in half, and zoom, right on through, and then at one point they even dig down into the racetrack, and like, down, and then come up through- the road and I'm just like oh all right bam I love it um okay so they're doing their thing you know they have a little race going on and then it kind of fast forwards a little bit um to Dracula and his crew and we learn that he has his annual um monsters um Monster Road Rally. I have a hard time if you remember if I kept it and kept it in any of my last episodes. I have a speech impediment. Always have, probably always will, and it's specifically my R's and my W's. 
something to do with my tongue. My tongue is too big and long. I'm basically like a dog. So I totally get it, Scooby. Um, but yeah, Monster Road Rally is um, what Dracula is talking about when we get to him. And he has all of his monsters there, but then it comes to his attention that his werewolf is not there. And he gets a postcard. He literally is sent a postcard from the werewolf. And he's like just hanging out in Florida and just chilling. And Dracula's like, what, what the heck am I gonna do? I need someone, like that's his, according to him, his werewolf is like his most um, uh, famous or notable monster. Which I guess is fair, because like when you think about it, um, just regardless of anything, you know, in general, we think of, I feel like when we think of monsters or entities, supernatural forces, I think of personally witches, vampires, werewolves, um, ghosts, obviously. So yeah, um, werewolf is definitely one of the top monsters. You cannot have a monster road rally without the main monster. Um, so Dracula's, you know, Count Drac, that's totally, you know what I mean. <laughs> He's like freaking out. He's like, well, what am I going to do? And then his little minions um, tell him, you know, inform him that they have another option, which is to go with basically the prophecy. Um, and they bring out this old school little magical book. And they flip to a page, and in it, we see a picture of Shaggy. And apparently, he is, like, destined to transform into a werewolf, you know, if all goes accordingly. And Drac looks down, and he's like, Shaggy. Shaggy. What kind of a name is Shaggy? The way he says Shaggy to me is just... <laughs> Like I said, it's the little thing, guys. It's the little things. It doesn't take much to entertain me. Um, uh, so, yeah. They need Shaggy now, apparently. They want Shaggy to be their newfound werewolf because apparently it's already in his destiny. So, Drac decides to bring out his um, his actual little minions, um, the Hunch Bunch. And one of the other monster ladies in the background is like, no, not the hunch bunch. It might not be a monster lady. Um, I am, just a, a quick random side note, I am doing this episode in uh, kind of an untraditional form for myself. Because like I said, I usually watch the movie or the episode or the content Probably like the same day and like just before I start recording um, my piece because my ADD and all that good stuff and you know I just like having it fresh in my mind so I don't have to take notes really that much and make it sound more genuine but um, I watched the movie a while ago and right now I'm kind of just going off like the top of my head knowledge and even though I've seen the movie multiple times like the first time I saw this movie was I was four years old favorite movie growing up for many many years and 
like when I'm watching it, I can basically recite everything, but like trying to recall it and you like reflect on it, it's harder. I don't know why. Um, but anyways, so that's kind of where, um, if you hear me like pause or kind of not sound like I know what I'm talking about, that's why, because I'm just trying to get my story straight because I have occasional notes, like the main viewpoints and stuff, but for the most part, I'm trying to really just, uh, raw reaction and like, um, the initial feeling that I get from watching it and, um, I'm trying to relay that first initial feeling to you guys before I start uh, polluting it with my own thoughts and, you know, getting too in-depth with it. Ooh, my my words are kind of on point today. Now if I could just stop, like, almost stuttering in between my sen sentences and words and, you know, all my speech crap. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So, Drac needs a a werewolf. And they see Shaggy in the magic book, and bam, they got their solution. So, Drac sends the Hunchbunch, which apparently is like, you know, notorious. Like, nobody wants to deal with the Hunchbunch. And, do, 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 fast forward just a little bit. I think we learn that it's because they just spit a lot. Like, the one just, he just spits a lot. <laughs> um, they are a little obnoxious. I will give them that. Like, they're not scary, but they are kind of just, like, obnoxious and, you know, always spitting in your face. I don't know if you guys have ever had, like, someone where you might even be, like, really, really close friends. That's, like, better, like, the better example is when you have a really close friend, but they just have the worst habit of anything. I guess in this case, <laughs> you know, say it, don't spray it, you know, and they're a sprayer. And you're just like, man, I love you, but would you stop spitting on me? <laughs> Um, so yeah, we have now the Hunch Punch is setting off on their little mission to, um, bring the plan of turning Shaggy into his destined werewolf transformation to fruition. And that brings the Hunch Punch, they just start following everyone everywhere, alright? Um, and I think the first time we see the Hunch Bunch actually try to make their first attempt in transforming Shaggy is, um, oh yeah, it's, um, at their house, I believe. They, it's a full moon, right? Like, everyone knows with the werewolves and stuff, it's all about the full moon. So they have to make their timing just right, and they only have a certain amount of time before the door of opportunity closes. And so they're at Shaggy's house. I believe it's the first uh, couple of tents. And at one point they literally saw a giant circle hole through the roof in Shaggy's bedroom. Just enough for the moonlight to shine directly through. Um, and they fail a few times in this part. And they feel a couple, fail a couple of times um, later on. But eventually they do get him. And I think that is... Um, at the drive-in movie, and they finally get him, but I don't think it really goes according to them, because Shaggy's sitting there, and when he finally gets, um, hit with the moonlight and, like, the spell and everything, he does transform occasionally, but it's kind of, like, in this form of, like, a hiccup, so it's really funny. So, 
he transforms and when he transforms he starts hiccuping a lot and his girlfriend googie is like i told you not to drink that soda so fast and um and then at one point like he transforms back into the werewolf and then he kind of makes this growling noise and googie's like don't growl at me and <laughs> getting all grumpy and stuff and so eventually um shaggy goes to get snacks and googie's like you should let the boys go because you know she wants to spend time and it's kind of of goofy i feel like i'm kind of like jumping jumping but you guys get the gist I, i'm going in the main timeline i guess um sporadic i guess is kind of how we could explain it but we're still going in the right ish timeline you know but yeah googie is um I like that scene kind of because this whole movie it's kind of more there's more dialogue a little bit you know there's more not necessarily I mean there is more plot but there's also more storyline too like it's not just um a random you know run through of events and whatnot like here we actually have like an opening scene where they're at like a race car track and they're racing and then uh, we have the scene in his bedroom and, like, that whole thing when they're trying to transform him. And then they go to a drive-in movie and then the whole scene, which, right here, too. So, part of the drive-in movie scene, um, after he transforms, like I said, Shaggy gets ready to go get some snacks. So, he goes up and he's just popping back and forth between human and werewolf. And he get a, gets up to the concession stand and he orders his food and... He transforms right in front of the concession person. <laughs> oh gosh. I forgot what the, it makes me think of Carney. Like carnival workers, people call them carnies. Like, um, I also feel like it's offensive. Anyways. So he gets up to the concession and he transforms right in front of the guy. And they're kind of like what freaked out and so he's just walking back completely oblivious that anything happened he's walking back and he's starting to transform more rapidly now and other fellow people um in the drive-in are kind of like watching him and they're starting to scream and i can't remember what kind of movie they're i think they're watching like some kind of scary movie because they're all screaming and getting scared and shaggy's like what what's going on what's happening and scooby notices it first he's like Shaggy, you're a monster. And they figure it out. And so, yeah, now Shaggy is officially transformed into his werewolf. Um, so, yeah, next, the Hunchbunch actually picks up the race car with them in it and brings them to, with their, I'm sorry, they pick up the car with their Batcopter. I think, yeah, yeah, with their bat copter, so, you know, like the Batmobile, but the a bat helicopter, yeah. And they bring them to Transylvania, where they meet Drac, and there Shaggy is informed that he was chosen to be the next werewolf to contest in um, the next upcoming monster race. And, you know, obviously Shaggy is not too pleased, knowing Shaggy, he doesn't even, like, he hates fighting monsters to begin with. Why would he why would he want to be a monster and then contesting in a giant monster race? I I mean that does sound kind of fun. Kind of fun, 
But I do, you know, I understand where Shaggy's coming from. Come on now. It's Shaggy and Scooby. This, this, that's not fair. That's not fair to make them ask, to ask them to do this. Like, come on now. Um, so, like I said, obviously Shaggy is not pleased that this is a thing. But in the end, he does ultimately agree to the race, um, under, as long as only, like, under the terms that if he wins, Dracula has to turn him back into his human self and, um, and allow him and his friends to leave safe and unharmed. Well, I guess not the unharmed part because I feel like being transformed into a werewolf and back into a human multiple times in front of everyone you care about, that's, that's a little harming in, in its own self, you know? <laughs> so, Dracula... Dracula agrees, but obviously, because he's a bad guy, he's a monster, he's secretly, he secretly starts planning ways for Shaggy to not win. Ma you know, making sure that he does not win because he wants to keep him a werewolf forever because, you know, he's probably afraid, you know, uh, the original werewolf basically retired. He's hanging out in Florida. So Drac's like, well, I need a new one and I got one right here. I just have to make him stay. So that's Drac's objective, is to keep Shaggy there and to make him stay and, like, keep him as a werewolf. You know, that's rude, first of all. <laughs> Probably gonna be tough, because Shaggy might be a scaredy cat, but when it comes to him and Scooby not liking fighting ghosts, we all know they find any way and every way of avoiding it. So, I guess we'll see how that works, Mr. Dracula. Um, but yeah, so, so, um, yeah, after, like, no sleep, you know, he's just, he's just going, going all night. He's been rescuing, uh, Scrappy and Googie from traps and stuff. He's been dodging magical spells and other monsters and all kinds of stuff. You know, he's just going through all kinds of hell from Dracula just to win this race. And in the end, he does end up finally winning. Hip hip hooray for Scooby. Oh my gosh, for Scooby. Well, yeah, I mean, Scooby and Shaggy. Hip hip hooray for Shaggy. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, he ends up winning. So that's good, right? That's good. But, of course, there's always a catch, and Dracula refuses and denies the win and everything, saying that he had his fangs crossed when they made the agreement. And, um, um, yeah, so Shaggy is obviously and rightfully angry, um, not happy about the ordeal, so him, Scrappy, Googie, and Scooby find a way to snatch up Dracula's book and they make a run for it and Dracula's chasing him in his in his little special <laughs> bat Dracmobile um and they they eventually they get away and Googie takes the book and she transforms Shaggy back into his human form and um they pretty much live happily ever after, after that, I guess. Um, they do 
go back home and they sit down to watch another horror movie and everything's good and um we do see the hunch bunch um kind of creep up to the window um but yeah that's that's pretty much it shaggy excuse me shaggy goes through his his whole ordeal you know shaggy of all people the like one him and him and scooby the two people like we all know how much they hate ghosts and how like scared they are and yet shaggy had to get subjected to literally being turned into a werewolf and then fighting for his life fighting to save the life of his loved ones and his friends and obviously he wins in the end because you know good always prevails um so yeah I will obviously always do my little roundup at the end, I'll recap. And my main little highlights of this one are definitely like the opening scene. I just love that opening scene when they split the car in half and when they drive down into the road and up. Um, the announcer in the very beginning, like this is a funny ra- a funny car race is in progress and just honestly the whole opening scene, it's it's a lot more detailed than a lot of the other movies I have seen of Scooby-Doo, and I appreciate that because um, I think that was an argument to begin with that Scooby-Doo, like one of the reasons why it was struggling when it first started because, you know, it was kind of repetitive in the season, um, in the first series. I mean, it's always kind of been the same, like the gang you know, they come across some kind of weird mystery, some kind of story, and they're like, Fred's like, let's go investigate, and they all go out and investigate, and they all, you know, they chase, do a little montage here and there, and the end result is always that we catch them, um, and yeah, it's basically the same thing throughout, just occasional different details, but this movie specifically, I don't know, I do think it opens up with a little bit more, just a little bit more, um, and it gives you, I guess, a little bit more storyline into the characters, rather than just throwing the characters into a scary moment, and you're like, yeah, 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 I hope they survive, because, you know, we all love Scooby-Doo regardless, but it kind of just gives us more into, um, their life, like, apparently Shaggy is a really good race car driver, and, he had a really goofy girlfriend at one point. So, like, something like that. Um, or, like, in the very first episode of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? We find out that apparently Shaggy is, a, like, a really good gymnast in school. So, yeah, it's things like that. That's why I really, like, um, I don't know. I just love this movie regardless. Everything about it is just, it's just superb to me. And the opening scene, like I said, is very detailed um compared to other scooby content and i love it um boop 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 i think that's it i could honestly talk forever about scooby doing the reluctant werewolf just how much it was like um a staple that's what it is i was gonna say inspiration or something at first but i'd say a staple of my childhood like, they're I, four years old. Subway and Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf are like, and Pickles, sorry. 
Pickles, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, and Subway are like three main things that I think about. And Matchbox 20. Oh my gosh. I just keep adding shit. Um, but yeah, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf is one of the main things that I think about whenever I think about any childhood memories. Specifically like four years old, younger, and um... But yeah, it's just a, a really good, wholesome movie, and it's a little bit different from the other ones and future ones. So it's just, it's always nice to see what a team can do um, in this sense, like the production team, like the actual, uh, oh my gosh, like the TV, Hanna-Barbara, and the writers and the producers, it's really nice to see what they can do just enough to change some to change something just like enough to where you're not changing the entire thing but you're just giving it kind of a little boost and a little a little twist so that we're not completely bored you know are encapsulated in the same exact thing over and over again which is why like i mentioned before is why i'm trying not to run through the entire episode like i did in the first couple episodes of this podcast because uh, yeah, at one point I literally was kind of just like saying word for word what they were saying. But to be fair, I will defend it in the sense that the dialogue, I love Scooby-Doo dialogue because it's it's almost just so simple that we all get it. But it, there are some things in there where if you're too young, you probably won't know what they're saying because it. Um, even though Scooby-Doo is a kid show, it was made by older adults and even the kids themselves, like even Fred, Daphne, Velma, Scooby, Shaggy, even all of them were at least, you know, teenage years and up in the initial Scooby-Doo, where are you? Like they had more of a, an adult vibe to them. And, um, but anyways, the dialogue has always been one of my favorite things, because even though it's sometimes simple, it's still, if you pay attention to some lines, like there are some small things where you're like, oh. Oh, I see. That was sneaky. Other times, it's just like, oh my gosh, like face palm type thing, where it's like that was cheesy, but it works, right? Um. So yeah, actually, I think that's actually a pretty good place to stop. Um, I think I said my piece and everything. I love Scooby Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode a bit. I know I, I, I feel like I did kind of jump through here and there. Um, I think most of my, like, primetime podcast moment was in, like, the intro and whatnot. But, um, after this one, we will have, uh, Scooby-Doo in the Ghoul School. And I... I have mentioned it before, I don't know if that episode got released in, in regards to the one that I mentioned it in, but yeah, I love everything Scooby related. Some I obviously love more, like Scooby-Doo and the, and the Reluctant Werewolf, one of my favorite top three probably movies ever if I had to be some, like, you know, be honest and true to myself. Um, Ghoul School, I love as well, but something about it, just when I was doing it at the time, um, when it was supposed to come out on the podcast, it just felt forced, and I don't know, my situation at the time was just, I guess, unfortunate, and 
even if it's not my favorite piece of Scooby-Doo, I still want to give it the justice and the attention that it definitely rightfully deserves. So now that I got um, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf done, I will be going on to Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School next. And I don't know if, because I did say it in one um, episode of the podcast where I was like something something get it over with and I was like you know not necessarily get it over with because I love all Scooby content like I just said but like I also mentioned it just it seemed like a burden specifically that movie I don't know it probably definitely was my DVD player like oof I still haven't really gotten that DVD player to work um which I know I always have excuses and I apologize for that but that's pretty much the main reason why this episode um has taken so long because right when I told you guys that this double feature was coming oh guess what decided to stop working my dvd player and then I was connecting my other tv and that decided to break and yeah uh we have this thing in my family called murphy's oh my god not murphy's well do you know the saying murphy's law or murphy's luck well, ours is Roth's Law. Um, my last name is Roth, and instead of Murphy's Law, we're just like Roth's Law. Anything that can happen, anything bad that can happen, will happen. Like, ooh, it's unfortunate. It's anything, like even something as small as this, me trying to make a podcast. Like, I'm, ooh, like 300% ready, into it, invested, and I'm ready to go, and then, nope. Something happens, and the world's like, hee hee, you are super excited. We're gonna make it 500 times harder for you now. Or, you know, but anyways, I'm happy that I got this movie episode out of the way. Again, you know what I mean when I say out of the way. Like, I'm glad that I got it finished. And the next one that you will hear right after this one, hopefully sooner than later, because I want this to be a double feature. Um, if it's not, don't, you know, take too much heart on what I just said, because we all know how my schedule works. I don't really have a schedule, and I apologize for that. I am working on it. Um, some of you follow my other Instagram, and I do make music under my Instagram handle, Artemis Prophesin. Um, so if you're interested, go ahead and take a look at that page. Um, I actually just recently released a song called Middle of Nowhere, where... I reference a lot of Scooby-Doo in it, um, yeah, as you can tell why, well, no, you know, Courage and Scooby, I have a line in there for Courage and Scooby, um, anyways, it's not an excuse, but making my music, uh, was easier at the time than the podcast because I had all of the equipment and things that I needed to make my music, whereas for the podcast, a lot of, almost anything I need has to do with my content and the movies and the Scooby-Doo stuff and I have a lot of it but my DVD player wasn't working and I no longer had access to Boomerang which was my other one and the online website that um, Radical Rudy, shout out again, um, gave me to watch shows and stuff online. I don't think they have The Reluctant Werewolf and like movies and stuff like that on there. Um, so Anyways, I got it. Here we are. We have it. And 
either way, whether it's, you know, the same day or the next day or whatever, the next episode you guys will hear after this one is Scooby-Doo in the Ghoul School. And you know what? I think that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed. I know I'm sporadic, you know, ADD. Woo. I'm just happy that I got this out for you guys. Because this one is specifically my favorite movie. And um, even though I didn't do what I normally do in the beginning where I walk through everything, um, I still feel like I did it a little bit of justice because um, of how raw my reaction, I guess, will say, was um, to it. And yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed and stay tuned for the next episode. And um, I'm going to go ahead, go ahead and throw in a quick sponsorship ad right here. And thank you guys so much again for listening and supporting my podcast. Um, it's up on Spotify and I think one other place, Anchor, Spotify, and I think like, I don't know if it was like Google Podcast or something. Anyways, I don't know. Um, I'm working on getting it up on other ones, but I'm not too concerned. Um, we'll get there eventually, maybe. But, okay, anyways, thank you guys so much. I love you, gang. I hope you enjoyed, and stay tuned. All right, peace, gang. Hey, gang, welcome back. I'm not even going to do the intro thingy that I do, um, because I think we're doing it. It's the double feature, and this is the second segment, so you know what? We're just going to jump right into it. Okay. So, today, or, well, again, today, we have, um, well, this should, yep, that was my doggy in the background. This probably should be, you know, part one of the double feature, because Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School came before Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, but I love Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf so much that I thought maybe doing that one would you know, bring back a little bit of oomph, motivation, and love, um, for me to add to Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, since the last time I tried to do this one, like I said, it just didn't work out, and I want to do it justice. So, um, we have Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School right now. So, to start off, um, like the first movie... Um, Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers. We have Scooby-Doo, Shaggy, and Scrappy all riding down in Shaggy's vehicle. And again, like the first movie, it's another really nasty storm and it's just really gross weather. And they're talking about the job that they got as gym teachers for, um, the, the school. And... I say it like that because, um, well, yeah, anyways, there's kind of a reason to my madness. Um, so they're talking about it, and, you know, Shaggy's kind of second-guessing his decision because the weather is so bad, and, you know, things just already aren't going the way they should be, um, as they never do, actually, with the Scooby gang. So, after a little bit of driving in this nasty weather, they eventually do pull up to a driveway, and they look over, and at first they see a building, and they're like, wow, it's like a really nice building, um, 
but then they look over and see the actual building, and it's a completely different looking building, it's super creepy, and it's like, I think it's the Military Callaway School for Girls, or no, Callaway Callaway Military School for Girls or something, why do I keep having an issue saying girls? I told it's the R's. I told you my speech impediment. I am telling you. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, the way I said that was completely confusing. Um. The when they pull up, they pull into the driveway of the Callaway Military School, and it looks really nice. And they're like, "Oh wow!" But then they look over, and then they see the school they have to go to, and that's the Grimwood. Um. Grimwood Academy, I think, or something. And, like I said, completely different. Terrifying, creepy, spooky, you know, like, witch-type castle that they always see in a, you know, that we always see in a Scooby-Doo show or movie or episode. So, a drawbridge is lowered, and they cross it, meeting um, matches, which is one of the main creatures in this film, and he's just a tiny little dragon. He's so cute. He's so cute. But do not be fooled. I won't. I won't say it yet. But just don't be fooled, okay? I mean, his matches like his matches. His name matches says it all. But he's just so cute. <laughs> and then we meet. So yeah, we meet him. Matches, and then we meet Mrs. Grimwood herself. Sorry, Miss Grimwood. There is a difference there. <laughs> um, they discuss Shaggy's job and um, his contract. I guess he has a contract. Um, and then, at one point, a floating magical hand pops up to assist them with their stuff. And I don't know about you guys, but I definitely thought of... Um, I forgot what it's called, though, but the magic hand that's in... Uh, the Adams Family. Like, that's the one of the very first things I thought of. And, um, yeah. I love it, though. Because I love the Adams Family, and I love Scooby-Doo. So, I don't know if it was intended for the two of them to be similar to each other, but I do love it. Um, and then eventually, one by one, each of the girls that he will be, um, teaching, I guess we'll say, um, introduce themselves. And we have, we have Sabella, Minnie, I think. Sorry, Winnie. I don't know. I feel like I should have remembered that because my nickname, my, like, the nickname that my dad gave me is Winnie. Winnie the Pooh was, like, one of them, but it started off as Winnie. And it still is, kind of. I'm mad at my, I'm mad that I didn't. Anyways, um, so yeah, we have Sabella, Winnie, Elsa, I believe it was, um, Phantasma, and then, t what was it, Tannis, I think, is how they say Um, and yeah, each of these, uh, girls, I guess, <laughs> ghost girls, um, are offspring, that's a weird way to say it, um, are children of, like, original OG monsters. Like, Phantasma, well, I don't know, Winnie, I know, Winnie is, um, the child of the werewolf. Um, Phantasma, I think Phantasma is, like, Dracula's daughter. 
Um, I like that name, by the way. It's like Fantasia, but fantastic. Fanta- I, I think it is. Anyways, like I said, I haven't watched the movie in a while, so I, I just did like a little bit of research. I upped it a little bit. Um, but either way, if I don't know it right now, we will know it eventually because that's how my brain works. Like as I go through the storyline, more facts start coming through, and that's why I'll bring up like a fact at minute 30, like, oh my gosh, I'll bring up a fact that, like, minute 30, that probably should have been at minute 15, um, but eventually, you know, you get it, um, okay, so yeah, after the girls are introduced, like, the boys, Shaggy and Scooby specifically, they are already looking for a way to leave, they're like, nope, I want nothing to do with this, uh, he, you know, he probably was a little bit misinformed, maybe not misinformed, but, you know, left out of the the loop that is probably very important, um, in that sense, like, um, so they're trying to terminate the contract, they're trying to get out, and eventually Shaggy's like, they're, they are not girls, they're girl ghouls, or however he says that, that's also kind of hard to say, but that's what I mean, is like, He's like, this is not what I was expecting. I was expecting to, like, be the gym teacher of a bunch of young kids. Not scary little ghost schools people. <laughs> again. Again. Uh, well, I'm over here. Here I am, like, acting as if I've never noticed this before. But this is what I mean by bringing back the joys um, and love. Like, bringing back... Bringing joy back to mundane moments. Wow, I forgot my own little slogan. Because, like, it shouldn't be that woohoo, but oh my gosh. Anyways, so the girl ghouls, um, they end up voicing their concern and, like, how they feel about never being able to win this volleyball tournament that they have against the um, Callaway Cadets. Um, next door, the one that we talked about with the fancier, you know, the military school. And apparently they never really get to win, and they're like, we, we just want to win! And Shaggy, of course, because he's a pure soul, just like Scooby, um, he agrees to stay and help them. So, Shaggy agrees, and they start off with some, just some quick exercises. I think they're doing some ballet. Um, some things like that, and the cadets are also training, and at one point, oh, sorry, see, again, I'm jumping the gun, um, Scooby is kind of observing, you know, spying on the cadets, um, oh my gosh, I said that wrong, the, Scooby notices while like around and you know during all the beginning stuff he notices that things just kind of aren't right with the ghouls um the girls at the place and he's noticed a piranha and he's noticed just like a whole bunch of random stuff so oh yeah it was the my bad it was the it was a piranha in a goldfish tank um that scooby noticed and he was just like okay well this is weird um they, Scrappy and Scooby, end up equipped with, like, a telescope so that they can spy on, um, you know, new coaches and everything from the other team, and 
This one, I feel like I'm definitely kind of jumping, jumping because I haven't refreshed up on this one in a while because this is one movie specifically that it was so hard for me to get through, but I'm getting through it nonetheless. Um, at one point, the, <laughs> the matches, matches, this is probably just like a smidge in a head. I definitely skipped one piece in there, but matches ends up snatching the cadet's ball um, after they had a nice, long, hard spike, and Matches snatches it up, and fast forward a little bit, the training is, the exercise and training is continuing for the, um, for the ghoul girls, and they all meet up with Matches, who they see burying the, the cadet's volleyball, like, <laughs> It's kind of like Dementor. It's like, what are you doing? He's burying someone's volleyball. Okay. So that causes the cadets not to be able to practice for a while. So the cadets start working on a water balloon bazooka as a plan to get their volleyball back. Which, love it. Love it. This, like... I don't know why I had such maybe a small issue with this movie because it's still great. It's still just as good as all the other ones. Well, again, not just as good because to be doing the reluctant werewolf. I don't know what it is, but it was just always my favorite. One of my favorite now, random side note, is Scooby doing the cyber chase. I love that movie so much. There's so many things about it that, oh. I'm excited to get to that one. Man, it, the urge in me to just jump forward and skip ahead and just... Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways. So, the cadets have their water, water balloon bazooka. They're trying to get it working, but matches. He, um, he ends up returning it, actually, before they even get it working. Which, yes. Good boy. I will be honest though, like I won't even lie, I don't remember why he does return it. Um, I don't know if it was like if he got yelled at like you need to put that back or if you know he just had a change of heart if he kind of felt bad, but he returns it nonetheless. So while the Grimwood girls, um, they're out and about again and they're in the garden and they find some rotten food. Um, and some fly traps and spy traps as well. Um, first, the Grimwood girls, because, you know, they're monsters, they have a, a nice thing for rotten apples and all the rotten food. And, of course, Shaggy and Scooby are like, Bleh. nah, I'm good. Like, they don't eat that much in this one. That is one I noticed where, like, this is one of the movies where, I mean, there's food references, like, just now, and, um... But we don't really see them gorge themselves like we usually do, which I do kind of miss. Um, um, boop, boop, boop. But yeah, so they're in this garden area and Scooby notices a spy trap um, that's spying on them and um, notices a, a witch. Oh my gosh, what was the witch? The witch, the witch. Oh yeah, uh, Revolta, a spider witch. That's what it was. Who... Like, their, her objective is to become the most powerful of all time by, um, 
taking or something to do with the Grimwood girls. Like, basically, she wants to absorb the essence of the Grimwood girls. Grimwood girl. Woo! Grimwood girl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Say that ten times fast. Grimwood girl ghouls. Wow. Grimwood girl ghouls. Woo! That was hard. Anyways. Yeah, this spider witch wants to become the most powerful of all time. And to her... The only way is through these um, Gr Grimwood girls. Gosh, that is hard to say. Grimwood girls. That alone is hard to say for me. And it's not even the typical WR issue that I have. Whew. Anyways. Um, so Colonel Calloway comes over to discuss with Shaggy when they're going to have the meet. And they end up ultimately coming to um, 1,200 hours, which I think they, it's 2 p.m. I think if I said that right, 1,200 hours being 2 p.m. Um, and so, yeah. Mrs. Miss, Miss Grimwood offers him some, oh my gosh, it was it sounded gross to me. He was, he said that it tasted moldy and all this good stuff, which obviously that's probably, it's exactly what it was. Um, fungus, fudge, and toadstool tea. The toadstool tea? I guess I, never mind, I was gonna say that really reminds me of like something Shrek would eat. And then obviously the fungus fudge tea. The fungus fudge, that one, now. But the toadstool tea, even as a monster, I'm gonna go like, maybe, but I feel like even if I was a monster, I wouldn't want fungus fudge. That just, just the, no. Whoa, unless they're talking, <laughs> my brain went somewhere completely different. Like, I guess if you're thinking of like fungus as in like, tree fungus. Anyways, we're just gonna skip that one. Um, also, it was 1,400 hours. 1,400 hours is 2 p.m. I think 12, so, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to correct myself. I'm happy that I figured it out before, like, the very end. See, that's what I mean, is, like, at minute 30, I'll be like, oh, yeah, remember in minute 15 when I was like, boop, boop, boop? Yeah. So, um, the ghoul girls warm up with what they call scarabrobics. And, oh, what was the other one? Deep shrieking exercises, <laughs> which scares the cadets from how loud they are and everything. Just, that one's good. Deep shrieking exercises and then scare aerobics. I really like scare aerobics. That one's, that one's pretty clever. I like that. I might have to try that one. Mm-hmm. The deep shrieking, though, sounds like an actual, like, uh, exercise because... I'm not even kidding because um, I read somewhere, like factually too, that it's proven that, it, like, say you jam your finger in something, it is proven that if you swear, like, they're like, they kind of recommend you to swear. You don't have to swear loud, but just be like, ah, son of a, mm, to yourself or something. And it literally releases, um, it just, it helps with the pain. I don't know why. I didn't do that much research, but I do know that it helps with the pain somehow. Because, like, uh, cussing, cursing, it releases, I don't want to say the endorphins or something, but it releases something that kind of just combats the pains, which is usually the dopamine and stuff like that, which is completely random, but it's still kind of related to Scooby. 
um, how they love hot sauce so much. Some people are like, how can you like that? It's so hot. Like, it's so hot to the point where, like, I can't enjoy it. Some of them really do just taste gross and they're just really hot. And it's like, no, there's no point. Other ones, they are just really, 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 really hot. But they also taste so good. I keep going back because this one, um, I actually did a report in school about it. Capsation, all that good stuff. Um, hot sauce, it... When it hits your like pain receptors, it releases endorphins and dopamine, or it releases other things too to tell you like it releases the pain signals, which force your body to try and combat it. But like literally, I don't know, your body is addicted to it. It's literally releasing happy chemicals, and therefore, even though you're burning inside because of this hot sauce, your brain is like, oh, but it was so good. It's it's a weird, a weird thing. It's, it's almost a drug. I love hot sauce. Oh my gosh, my doctor has literally been like, no hot food. Anyways, we're not here to talk about my food habits. But it's Scooby-Doo, so I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so meanwhile, the cadets are doing just some traditional warm-ups, like push-ups, um, probably jumping jacks and things like that, but push-ups, like, just the normal military, um, exercises and warm-ups, and they do a little group huddle and say, you know, they gotta win, very traditional, and I appreciate that bit of detail where the ghouls are, you know, doing scare aerobics and deep shrieking exercises, and then the Callaway cadets are just doing normal military stuff because they are normal. But they also know that they're up against little ghoul girls, and they don't even mind. I mean, yeah, they're scared. They're like, oh crap, we have to play them. But they at least win every time. So even though they're scared, they still win. Um, anyways. Um, so we finally get the game started after a few touch-ups with the net and a few, you know, things here and there. And Elsa starts the game off, I believe. Um, with some pretty good serves, you know, she starts off pretty good, um, and then, you know, just like that, it's like tied 10 to 10, which, if you're losing every year to this team, uh, but you're still able to tie them at one point, 10 to 10, I mean, yes, in baseball, uh, I kind of think of this for some reason, if you're giving up 10 runs, that's pretty bad. But if you're scoring 10 runs, that's pretty good, but it's also pretty bad for the other team. So it's kind of like just two terrible teams playing against each other, or two really good teams playing against each other. Um, so you shouldn't be too mad. You know, they shouldn't be too upset. Yes, it sucks to lose when you're that close all the time, but definitely still be proud of yourself, because 10 points, I don't know much about volleyball, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, but... Okay, so at one point, Phantasma, 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 goes through the net, and that obviously, um, that gives them, uh, the cadets, a free point. Um, and then we have Tannis, who serves the ball and scores a point off of that. My dog is in the background just, like, kicking around, doing her thing. So, with that point from Tannis and the serve, uh, Grimwood 
is now ahead. We are ahead, guys. But guess what? Grimwood also implants a control device thingy, like some kind of control device into the volleyball. First of all, I don't care if you're a monster. That is not fair. <laughs> That's the point of being a monster. But come on, that is not fair. Come on, kids. Oh my gosh, uh, Callaway. I said I said Grimwood before. Callaway is the one that oh sneaky sneaky military. Oh, see, that was a whole different story. See now, if the Ghoulie girls were implanting a control device, that was a completely different story. I see. Like I said, I almost expect that. No, it was the Callaway cadets that put this implanted control device into the volleyball so they can control how the ball moves. That, that is, I mean, good for you for being able to step past your morals and everything. I mean, I know you're kids, but come on, come on. The same thing goes for you as it did the monster girls, you know, the ghoulie girls. Come on, no cheating like that. And like with that, they make Tannis serve the ball and in doing so they make her look really bad and they end up taking um they end up with possession again and man that's just rude rude um so Callaway takes the lead again but Scooby accidentally swallows the remote at one point and yeah you know what we're not even gonna talk about the, the ketchup thing cause random <laughs> random <laughs> This is kind of like, I feel like the way, this is kind of a longer movie, the way I'm explaining it too. Like, I feel like we were almost done with The Reluctant Werewolf by this point. Hmm. Um, anyway, so you know what? Actually, we're gonna just jump forward a little bit. Eventually, we end up winning, okay? Grimwood, Grimwood, Ghoul Girls. God, that's just, I should not be saying that. We end up winning, and Tannis gets to take the trophy home to her mummy case. And, yeah. Um, there was, like, a lot more notes-ish involved in that. And I was like, you know what, I just, we need to get that over with. Like, we get it. A lot happened in the game. <laughs> so, now, the Grimwood girls decided to set up a Halloween party. You know, they're super excited that they won their game. And they're just all in high spirits. <laughs> No pun intended. Hee <laughs> hee. Oh, I'm terrible. So, at this Halloween party, the girls mention that their parents are going to be there, and that's where we meet um, the parents, uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, Werewolf, and um, Shaggy and Scooby at first obviously are scared, and they like run away. Um, but eventually they get to talk to the parents and they talk and you know one of them thanks them thanks Scooby and Shaggy for making Tannis feel happy, welcome and happy. And oh that just like warms my heart. I'm like, oh that's sweet. But a sweet moment is over because then we have Revolta. And when I was going through my notes at one point, I was like, oh my gosh, who is that? Revolta is the spider witch that we mentioned earlier that wanted to 
um, snatched the ghoul girls for herself so that she could become the most powerful mon most powerful witch in all of monsterdom. And her plan so far is she wants to brainwash Shaggy. And she goes through a couple attempts, and at one point she kind of just she's talking to him, trying to brainwash him. Um, and it pretty much works at one point. She ends up convincing Shaggy to take the Grimwood girls to, um, oh gosh, what was it? The Bog. Like, on a field trip to the Bog. And also at the same time that the Callaway cadets are going. And, you know, she plans to snatch the girls out there. Um, but... Um, at the bog, Revolta's sidekick, creepy sidekick, um, the, oh my gosh, I keep, like, having my little, oh my gosh, um, her little sidekick, the Grim Creeper, waiting off, um, to grab the girls, first of all, you know what, I don't want to take it there, but the way I said that made it sound very creepy, I mean, it's, it's so creepy, um, and the first one to meet up with the Grim Creeper is Winnie, and there the bats, which are like another set of Revolta's little minion crew, um, they start weaving up a set of headphones, the same kind of headphones that were used to brainwash Shaggy, and then bam, now Winnie is brainwashed and taking control of- just leave my little ghoul people alone, okay? Um, so like in the next part, um, we find out that Shaggy doesn't really recall how he came up with the idea of going to the bog, but that he thought it might have been in a dream. And while he, Scrappy, and Scooby are talking about this, they kind of get sidetracked and fall into like a pit swamp of alligators and they're trapped for a bit, you know, typical Scooby-Doo fashion. Instead of Daphne being the damsel in distress and falling through the trapdoor, it's the boys. <laughs> now the Callaway cadets are hiking nearby and they too fall into a pit of quicksand and um Canis and Elsa I think help them up. Um Yeah. Um oh oh crap. <laughs> Uh, um, oh yeah, so Phantasma sees Winnie, and she follows her back, because, you know, obviously she doesn't know quite yet that she's, like, basically possessed, and then, bam, just like that, now two of the girls, or ghouls, are possessed, or, sorry, um, I guess, well, anyways, they are now taken. They've disappeared, basically, too, and Scrappy, Scooby, and Shaggy all kind of noticed this. They haven't seen them in a while, so now they're kind of like, alright, where'd, where'd, the, where'd the ghouls go? Um, pretty much during this, Abella is then chased by the Grim Creeper and then overtaken by the bats, so now we, now we have three. Now we have three ghouls now. Um, with the three girls gone, the rest of the girls meet up with Winnie and then Bam. Just like that. It was just like one after the other. And Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy all see Sabella get bat-napped, and that's when they really start to worry. Um, once Revolta has them all, she tries to send, um, 
she tries to send the shack to her castle. And yeah, at this point, Shaggy and Scooby, they're like, man, we are screwed. We came here to be teachers, and now we just lost all of our students. While the boys are um, racing back and trying to find a way to save the ghouls, Revolta is coming up with her evil spell potion to turn the Grimwood girls evil. Um, to help solidify her plan in becoming the most evil witch of all monsterdom. <laughs> um, at one point, Shaggy and Scooby get scared by um, like monster mirrors, and they see like a creepy, scary reflection of themselves. And a monster literally snatches Shaggy and puts him in the mirror, and so now he's free in the real, real world. And then. Elsa at one point comes by to clean the mirrors and Shaggy asks for help. Um, um, and there we hear Elsa say that she can only obey Revolta. Which also, the name Revolta, like Revolt, Revolta, that's actually kind of a badass name, excuse me. <laughs> So Scooby breaks into the room with the potion and everything, but he gets caught by the Grim Creeper and Shaggy and Scrappy try to warn the Grimwood girls that, you know, they're in trouble, but obviously because they're under the spell, they don't listen or don't even know what he's talking about. So Scrappy and Scooby, they're looking for Sco Scrappy and Shaggy, they're looking for Scooby. And they finally find him with the Grim Creeper, and the Grim Creeper is holding up Scooby, and he's like, I've only just begun to be Bean, and opens up another, like, trapdoor type thing, and they all fall into this water-filled pit type thing, where the, the Creeper mentions um, this monster that lurks below, and... As as we're hearing it, the monster like leaps forward and it's kind of like scary, scary jump. Uh, the well dweller, that's what it was. Um, and Scrappy, of course, has to start up like a ball game with them and kind of like Scooby and Shaggy's um, costume gags that they do whenever they run into like a monster. They're like. <gasps> Oh, you know, they, they do they put on like a little show to distract the monster and then they make a run for it eventually. Yeah, this is kind of like Scrappy's attempt at that. So the next bit, I guess, is basically kind of like a little montage of them trying to get back to normal. Um, but in the end, uh, the girls do end up being turned back to normal by the boys. Everyone's safe and... I'm just gonna go ahead and jump now towards, it kind of seems like I, I went real quick right there, but um, pretty much the end is the girls are standing outside or, you know, sitting outside and the trio, you know, Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy all drive off and, you know, drive off in the moonlight and it's kind of like a sweet, sweet ending, you know, everyone was happy, everyone was safe. Um, gosh, that was a weird, a weird episode. I feel like I've never, um, done one like that. It almost sounded, like, choppy and, ah. Uh. 
I had to, um, I did have to pause at some part to like go back and reference my notes. So not every time I know there are a few, if I were to be like, so anytime you hear me like a weird choppy pause, it's probably because I was looking back at my notes. No, not every time. Sometimes I really do just like, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess my, the main points would be the ghoul girls to begin with, just them themselves. I just love the idea of just miniature little monsters. Um, and then bringing in their parents as well. I loved seeing the parents part of it. Like, um, I think it was Dracula was a dad. Um, we had Frankenstein. Um, I don't know. I just like, I loved seeing that. Like, they're all just, like, little mini-me's of their parents, just mini-me monsters. Um, so that was one of my favorite things. Um, matches. I love matches. Like I said before, he's just a cute little guy. Like, don't be fooled. He will burn your butt. But he's just a cutie pie. Um, Scrappy. I'm also, you know, it just makes me happy that he was in another movie. Um the third one in a row and it's just the three of them it's just the boys um and i have nothing against it because i love fred velma and daphne but the three of them you know it's like a different era it's just a different vibe where even if it's not the best movie out of them it has the same vibe and that alone is i can i can appreciate that um there's not much that I feel like I can say about it. It's like I said, it's not one of my favorite movies. Um, I really, really appreciate the idea of bringing back like little mini me monster characters. I do love that, and that's one of the main things. Um, Revolta, the the spider witch lady thing. I kind of like that whole concept. That's that's always like a fun thing. I always like when they bring up anything that has to do with witches, because they do bring in a lot of things about ghosts, witches, and pirates. I don't know why I said ghosts, because, like, ghosts are the main thing, but, like, pirates and witches are two consistent, and, uh, vampires. Those are, like, three consistent things that always keep popping up in Scooby-Doo. Um, you know what? I think I'm just gonna go ahead and call this one Dunzo. And like I said, I know this one was supposed to be before Reluctant Werewolf. Um, and when you hear this episode, you're going to get this after Reluctant Werewolf. But you know what? I think <laughs> I think we're ready to get this, I know, out of the way. And then we can go to all the next ones. And you know what? I think after this double feature, I'm going to do something a little different. Like I mentioned, I think I'm going to do... Um, Oh yeah, because we did Guess Who, uh, Scooby-Doo, not Guess Who, uh, oh yeah, the Scooby-Doo show, yeah, so the next one after that, um, we won't even talk about that right now because this episode is already longer than The Reluctant Werewolf, which doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know if I said video or episode, <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyways, gang, I love you. Um, stay tuned, 
again, thank you so much for listening and tolerating my annoyance. I feel like I'm very annoying sometimes. Um, but I love Scooby-Doo so much that my brain just goes so many places. I just have so many things that I want to talk about. Um, and that's why I'm here. Alright, gang. Um, enjoy, stay tuned, and until next time. Peace, gang.